1: Hey Phantom Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I am very, very excited because tomorrow night I will be making my return to the squared circle or to announcing things in the squared circle anyway. It has been eight long months since I have done anything related to professional wrestling. Tomorrow night I will be venturing out to the main event in Porterdale where I will be the ring announcer for platinum championship wrestling. This is very exciting for me because as uh, anyone who reads NeedlessThingsSite.com or has been doing so for some time or just knows me, PCW uh, is my first love of wrestling. Uh, and 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 I mean that, you know, obviously I grew up as a kid watching the WWF, I love WCW and in, in the Monday Night Wars and all that sort of thing, uh, but as of right now, PCW years ago reignited my passion for the sport when televised wrestling was letting me down consistently. And I, I just love them. They're a great independent wrestling league. Uh, Stephen Platinum, the founder of PCW, has been on the show. You can go back in the archives and find his episode. Uh, he has a brilliant mind for wrestling, and he runs a solid promotion up there, or, or at least it's his namesake. Uh, I don't want to get too inside wrestling on this right now but let's just say things are afoot uh they needed some assistance out there and I was more than happy to drive out and lend a mouth I guess because I (laughs) you know I, I don't do any actual wrestling because I am a frail old man who could fall apart Kevin Nash style at any second Uh, today on the show, I'm going to be talking to Brian from Warpo Toys. If you don't know, Warpo is the company that last year or earlier this year successfully funded their Kickstarter for Legends of Cthulhu, which is a line of three and three quarter inch retro action, retro styled action figures. And it's, it's an incredible line. They're incredible guys. Brian is very, very cool, and they have a new Kickstarter campaign for Don't Cuddle the Krampus, which I had always thought was pronounced Krampus. Uh, I like Krampus more. It sounds more Eastern European, which is, I I believe, the origin of the Krampus. Krampus, see? I can't help myself. Krampus story. Uh, But I, I, I did behave during the interview. I was able to say Krampus each and every time. But Brian is very cool. Warpo Toys is an awesome company which i found out that they are even cooler than i thought they were so this is a great episode so pcw awesome Uh, Warpo Toys, awesome. What else is going on in my life? Let's see. What other things am I involved in? Obviously, there's NeedlessThingsSite.com. There's the Needless Things podcast, which you can find on iTunes and on Stitcher, as well as at ESOPodcast.com, because we are a proud part of the ESO network. And finally, there's one other thing. Oh, that's right. The Dirty, Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. Uh, The hit of Dragon Con, two years running that we have been looking to expand our horizons and travel around, maybe do a a four-stop tour next year. That doesn't seem overly ambitious, does it? But here's the thing. It all costs money, just like this website. Props cost money. Travel costs money. Everything, prizes, all that stuff costs money. And I, today, talked with co-owner, co-host, co-producer, co-awesomeness miss lady flex and we are launching a patreon for the dirty con game show and it's gonna be you know we don't have all the details laid out yet i wanted to tell you guys first because it is a way for you to support the things that we do Uh, i will continue on with the website and the podcast yes it needs your support and if you want to throw a few bucks our way uh, there is a paypal button on the front page of needless things site or on any page of needless things in the sidebar at the top right uh, please feel free to donate but this patreon is going to be for dirty enthusiasts and we're going to come up with a name for you guys uh we need we need support we need funding and if we want to travel around we're going to need you guys to help but i'll have more details on that in the future but trust me when i say we are going to have some awesome and astonishing rewards the likes of which you will not find anywhere else believe that as roman reigns would undoubtedly say this is one of the few things uh, he does say so that's it really i've had it's been a very long couple of months i've worked a lot of overtime at work uh if you remember the last episode that situation as of right now is resolved uh, whether or not it will remain resolved we will discover in the future but for right now i'm in a very good place i've just gotten off my last stretch of too much overtime and working uh christmas is shaping up very nicely i am off for thanksgiving next week which is the first time in years that i have been off on thanksgiving day just i'm feeling pretty mellow pretty cool right now I don't want to say that I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because I don't tend to live my life that way, but I I do have to say it's been, there have been some tough times this year. So while I feel good and relaxed, uh, I am not entirely off guard, if you know what I mean. Now. It is time because it's been 7 minutes and you guys want to hear some some interview especially this one because it's about toys which I'm thrilled about. I love when I can talk to toy people. But first, we got to listen to a little bit of music. Some buddies of mine, The Mystery Men. You've heard their stuff on the show before, and it's time for another track from them that I think you're going to dig. It's called The Devil You Know, and it's awesome. And here it is. <music> i tonight because we're going to be talking about toys, but we're not just doing a normal toy conversation tonight. We actually have a creator on the show, which is very exciting for me and definitely exciting for you guys. And this just isn't any old creator. This is someone that's part of a company that has mastered the aesthetics of 80s toys. They're creating really cool stuff now. You know them already from the Legends of Cthulhu line, which are the incredible three and three-quarter inch Cthulhu action figures based off of H.P. Lovecraft's Insanity. Uh, and now... They have a new product coming out called Don't Cuddle the Krampus, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But first, I want to introduce my guest, Brian from Warpo. Brian, how are you doing tonight?
0: Hey, Phantom. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great, man. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm doing great. I, I really appreciate you coming on because I already was familiar with you guys from the Legends of Cthulhu line and the Kickstarter. And then you guys ended up uh, in previews and then have now a distribution deal with Diamond. Which is yeah. wild.
0: Yeah, yeah. They are such a, a great partner. Like, they, from, from, um, day one uh, of us reaching out to them, uh, from the Kickstarter, they have just been phenomenal. So, yeah, I, we, we made that, uh, exclusive distribution announcement, uh, like, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. And, uh, it was one of those things that we were so happy that that was kind of that next chapter in Warpo's book because, you know, we um, not only do we want to make cool stuff, but we also want to work with you know uh, work with people that uh, are awesome to work with. You know, <laughs> you know how it goes. Like you want to work with people that uh, have the same uh, thought patterns as you and want to see you succeed and are excited about the 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 concept of behind your company because you know warpo what we're doing isn't uh totally standard you know and sometimes it's it's not, it's it's kind of a, a smaller niche market i guess you know well and you can retro toys we're making so
1: you can look at what diamond does and recognize that their hearts in the same place as you guys they love the same kind of stuff and getting distribution is very critical because that's something you guys probably don't want to deal with a whole lot yourselves that that's a whole layer of yeah, running exactly. an operation that that you know it, it's a lot better to create than to deal with logistics
0: right that's why we got into doing it you know and that's like it, you know anyone that you talk to that starts any kind of business you know making toilets or writing books you know if you start your own business there's all these other things that go along with it right. you know, that you have to do and we really got into it and are passionate about it because we dork out on toys and we are designers and creatives and we really like like you know nerding out on making the as retro of a toy as possible you know and 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 coming up with an idea and then seeing it it made we don't dork out on Spreadsheets, and, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> gross profit margins and all that stuff. Right, that right. Not what I'm Norkey out at. So, yeah, exactly. You know, we it was it was killer to get partners like that in line because you know it's kind of like we can we can get that off of our plate. And that was you know part of the discussion that we had. It's like we we want to focus on what we do really well, and uh, um, that you know, giving kind of that, some of that stuff away, um, will allow us to, to do that and make more awesome stuff.
1: So let's backtrack a little bit. I want to talk about your own personal history with toys, which granted looking at the products that you're producing, it's pretty clear. Uh, but everything is very clearly entrenched in the eighties. So growing up, what, what do you remember? Like, what are the toys that you loved what was the first toy that really like clicked with you? Like if Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Madballs, whatever the case may be. Like what really made you decide that toys would be a lifelong passion?
0: Yeah, so I um, was born in the early 70s. And um, so, you know, the that Legends of Cthulhu line that you were talking about, those three and three quarter inch figures – That was kind of the time where my eyes were really starting to open. When I was, you know, a young kid, and uh, some of my, you know, the the toys that really made an impression on me um, were the the Clash of the Titans action figures. Oh yeah, Um, those. That was something that. I think really the, those, those characters, that, that movie was, was really a big influence on me. I was, I was way into Greek mythology as a kid, and that kind of transitioned into um, role-playing games and Dungeons and & Dragons. And um, when LJN's um, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons lines came out, and I got a hold of that War Duke figure, like my brain just melted down, you know, <laughs> like that was, you know, that was exciting to me. It was uh like Dungeons and Dragons was something that was kind of everywhere. And all the kids in our neighborhood were playing Dungeons and Dragons. But to have these toys really just, uh, just blew my mind, uh, you know, and uh they were, uh they didn't get a whole lot of, they didn't, they didn't you know make a uh, a whole lot of record breaking sales but
1: well i think but- i think talking about distribution i feel like distribution was kind of spotty on those because well, yeah i don't remember seeing them a ton i bought uh and i can't remember the the guy with the blue armor uh blacked out face
0: yeah, that's uh, War Duke. Oh, that's War Duke. Okay. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. I had him and like a couple others because they looked incredible. But yeah. it wasn't, it's not like you went into Lionel Play World and they were <laughs> lining the pegs. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it, it's so hard for me even at that time because I don't, man, I, my, my brain, my memory on some of these things are so, it's so gone. But at the same time, there are these like, Moments of me playing with these toys as a kid or the things that I collected and had that are just like burned so bright. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you about like what I was doing or like what what grade I was in or like going and what things look like on the shelves. But there are these moments that like, uh, like one of the biggest ones, you know, so I kind of set it up that, you know, I kind of grew up in that three and three quarter inch era. And one of the biggest moments for me is um, the the Christmas that the Masters of the Universe line came out, and mm-hmm. um, I I got Skeletor for Christmas, and I opened that thing up, and he was so huge and big, and it was like this, <laughs> it was like it was so different than you know because we didn't we didn't play with dolls. I I had a few um, hand me down um, GI Joes, mm-hmm. um, the larger scale GI Joes, but um, the the Masters of the Universe guys, when those came out, those really kind of changed uh, everything. It was just like they just made your Star Wars guys and and all your other smaller three and three quarter inch guys just look so puny, and the, these Skeletor was just so like he you know he had this neon glowing face you know and this like. It just it was so it was so badass well and, and it there really made an impression on me you know
1: there was something sinister about those guys too like you had a bunch of crazy looking aliens in star wars but it was star wars like you uh, you know it's funny that we've lived with the franchise for this long so we know it so well but back then you know we'd seen the movie maybe once at right. the time yeah but it was still star wars when masters came out like they were a bunch of creepy monsters,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. And it was all this mishmash kind of thing. And I don't really remember it. Uh, remember thinking about it that way. That like, hey, why does this barbarian have a you know a laser gun or anything sure, sure. like that, or fly around? I didn't. You know, I just I, I think I just took that all for granted and just like um, uh, was just excited by. I mean. Like I said, I, I kinda grew up with Dungeons and Dragons and like was looking at the D and D lines so definitely the sinister part and the like the the um, fantasy or the sword and sorcery side of it like appealed to me. But just that scale, like just that scale was like so impressive and just blew my mind, you know, yeah. because I mean I guess that is that's another one of those things that's kinda hard to describe to people like like that moment, you know. Um uh it's kind of like trying to describe a, a a new band that comes out and there wasn't that type of music before that time it's hard to kind of relate how 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 big that kind of design step like really uh, uh changed you know because i i, I think if if masses of the universe came out at a smaller scale or standard scale it wouldn't of it wouldn't of uh, uh made such a huge impression as it no, did no no definitely not the way that they executed and designed those figures really helped to, to, to push that line along, you know? And I mean, I'm just thinking of it now, but it's like, it's one of those things that really stands out in my brain. And uh, at the same time, I think I, I always kind of come back to that thought just because those sizes and those product kind of uh, collectible categories and stuff, that's a big part of what we do right now, <laughs> you know, with Warpo or being a toy designer, you know, is thinking about that kind of stuff. And
1: well, and it's yeah. that's part of the magic of the '80s, though. Is every toy line had to stand out. You had, you know, Star Wars with Star Wars Masters came out, and you know, Beast Man looked like he could break that little Chewbacca in half. Right. And then you had GI Joe, which improved on the articulation, gave you, you know, a whole new array of vehicles. Uh, and, and then you had stuff like Mad Balls that were unique and Boglins and Starcom, which was all about magnets. Right. Like everything had its own gimmick, its own scale, its own...
0: Transformers. Yes, right? Transformers.
1: Transformers. I yes. mean that, and they were all completely different. You know, now you go into a toy store and there's a certain amount of, uh, uniformity like they're different scales but everything's kind of this it's all action figures or or whatever but back then like everything was so different and
0: so wild yeah for sure and that was you know um you know i uh, in one way i guess that kind of happens to any any um form like like we you know, I, I feel real blessed and lucky to have grown up in the era that, that I did in the 70s. You know, there was the, like toy companies were just kind of tapping into a marketing to kids, but also just kind of making these types of toys that it hadn't been done before. So any anytime that you've got that kind of um, start to to um, to creating uh you know new things, you're gonna see people come at it from all these different angles, you know, like nowadays um, there's these expectations from the consumers, but back then there wasn't any expectations you right, know what I mean because right. it hadn't been done before, you know, so they could try and do all these different things, and that when there aren't those rules, that's when you really see. Uh, these amazing uh, feats that these designers do. It's like, you know, I, I, I don't think the toy companies, you know, knew what they were doing, so they just relied on their creatives a lot more uh, because they were going into these categories. And the creatives, you know, they there weren't any, they there's no preconceived notions of what these things should be, so they could go off and do all these crazy types of things, you know, and, And uh, it was great. We really benefited from it because, like, the toys that came out at that time were really super original and and fantastic.
1: Well, I think the point back then was we've got to find the next big thing, whereas the point now is we've got to find the thing that's similar to that really successful thing.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, being – boy, that is just, like, one of the biggest challenges to – to being involved in the, the mass market toy world and, and owning a toy company and also like coming up with new toys is every time you go into one of those buyer meetings, they, they really are the, the buyers at these stores are, are really trying to you know they they don't want to take any new chances
1: right they want that stuff is, that they recognize in some way
0: yeah a proven success record you know and that kind of saves that that saves them you know because hey hamsters sold really well last year you know right would <laughs> <what'd> you expect <laughs> me to do but you know that's uh, it's it's hard to to break through uh, or. or to, to do something new and, and super exciting that way, you know, um, yeah, it's a shame, but what can you do? That's why, that's why Warpo, uh, started doing what we did because, it, you know, we'll, we'll sell and make it to the people that appreciate that kind of stuff, you know.
1: Well, and you guys have managed to combine the best of both worlds because, and, and this is where we can start talking about how the Legends of Cthulhu line came about because you have presented a format that is familiar, but you have done something that has never been done. Now, granted we've got Cthulhu trinkets here and there, stuffed animals, whatever. We've seen things through the years, but there has never been a dedicated line based on HP Lovecraft's works before. That's new. That's exciting. Why is
0: that? Why was that? Right. How weird is that? Yeah. Like it it was one of those things that like when the idea uh, came up and we kept, kind of looking into it it's like somebody must have done this right (laughs) yeah right why isn't (laughs) isn't anybody done this yet you know like now we got to do it
1: you know (laughs) so how did you guys come together and decide we're gonna make a toy line
0: uh so uh i i I have been involved in the toy industry and and a, a designer for uh like 12 or 13 years and uh um my my close friend uh Tommy Baldwin um, he has been a long time collector and an artist And we we, uh, spent a lot of time together, and our families went to to Disney World. We were on a Disney World trip, and I was not happy with what I was doing, you know, at the time. Like the toy company that I was working for was um, in decline, and, uh, you know, I I just didn't feel fulfilled. And at the same time, you know, um, I had a a small daughter, and it was one of those things where it's like, hey – I gotta, I just need to take a chance we 're going to do this, you know, so I started talking to him on that trip i said hey we 're going to start a toy company you know and and here's what we 're going to do we 're going to make retro toys like they haven't been made before you know i at that time, I had been seeing um, a lot of uh, the the customizers, you know, I was really blown away like this was maybe four or five years ago, like kind of seeing the guys that would um you know mold maybe take different parts from uh, masters of the universe and work within the scale yeah and, yeah uh, and make their own characters you know these small runs and it really it really like blew you know it really got me thinking like hey, these guys are making their own characters because they don't want that story to end, you know what I mean the story is ended, but they're still making more toys because they 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 have that format that they collect and they're making more and more. And, you know, I, I was talking to Tommy and saying, Hey, why can't, why can't we do that same thing, but, but make it for, for stories that haven't been told yet? You know, it's like, it's like those eras ended too soon, you know, the seventies to eighties. say like 10 years wasn't a long enough time. You know, what if, why can't we just go back and make, make new things that, um, didn't exist back then, but feel exactly like the rest of the products that are out there, you Right know, the, the toys that,
1: that sh- the toys that should have been,
0: yeah, the toys that should have been, you know, so we, it, with that idea, um, for, for starting a company like that, we, um, also reached out to, uh, a guy that I had worked with previously, Eric LeFaber and, uh, said, Hey, here's what we're doing. You want to, you want to come in with us? The three of us are going to. You know, totally shake up the collectibles world, or whatever we were going <laughs> right, to do. You know, right. so uh, you know, then then we were we were off to the races. So you know, with that, really, the concept of the company came first. You know, came first, and a, a lot of the times we were talking about how you know we need to take chances and do things that uh, normal toy companies wouldn't do these days. You know, we were looking at like the digital media medium as being an opportunity like how can toy companies um take advantage of that you know you see a lot of uh, authors or comic book creators that uh had to kind of change the way they do things especially in the book industry like giving away chapters or giving away their comic books and you know and that kind of drives more sales and how can we do things like that so that was really getting us looking online and we knew that we wanted to do something with Kickstarter because especially in like early 2013, when we were talking about this, that was like, you know, there weren't a, a whole lot of action figure lines that were uh, going up on, on Kickstarter. And it seemed like a real opportunity to be able to, to like make a, a you know, not just uh, gather funds because, Pretty much we knew we were going to make these toys no matter what and start right. this company, but you know, start, start a, uh, gather a tribe of, of people and have an event that people could, um, could rally around, you know, one, one, one place where, um, there's a beginning, middle and end and, and, you know, we can tell a story and really show people not only the, the toys that we want to make, but who we are as a company, you know, so, uh we we really we knew that we wanted to do kickstarter and so that's when we started kind of with those things and in, in mind just started kind of brainstorming what that ne- that first property was going to be and uh three and three quarter inch we knew we wanted to 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 go down that path that was another kind of uh like trend that had had not started at that time you know there weren't the reaction reaction line
1: right you guys I mean the the Legends of of Cthulhu stuff first came into my awareness right around the same time as the reaction stuff like you guys that timing I feel was very fortuitous
0: like to to Um, hit yeah it was like um I think when we started working on Legends of Cthulhu there had been announcements about um super sevens uh alien action figure line you right, know but right. um they had not teamed up with funko yet and had there were no announcements about reaction that actually happened um right before or like right at the time when we were building our kickstarter and we were like oh man wow <laughs> and <laughs> this could be good or bad you know this, that and uh, was
1: like it, one of the biggest explosions i've ever seen in the toy industry. The, for them yeah. to just throw all of those licenses out there at the same time, I mean, granted, you knew Funko had them, but it was still just to to show all that product, just boom. But I, I do think right. that yeah. you guys sort sort of were, you know, you you had your plan, but I just I, I loved, I was like, wow, so this is a thing. These guys are doing it. These guys are doing it, and then you've got Biff Bang Pow also. Uh, you know, it all kind of just happened to set off right around the same time, which is sometimes how those things work.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like this collective consciousness sort of thing, I guess. And, uh, and, you know, at first we were, we, we were kind of, um, like, oh man, is this, this going to be a good thing, you know? But, uh, uh, in the end I was, um, it was like perfect timing for us. Like yeah. there were a lot of Kickstarters that were happening at that time and, and there was the reaction figures that were coming out. It just kind of made awareness for that category and, you know, um, it also kind of gave a, a basis for people to kind of contrast and compare – our figure against other figures you know where sometimes if you don't have those other things for people to kind of hold it up against you know you don't really know how good is it you know i don't know like what what are you comparing it to you know so so that was great but um so what you know kind of just taking a couple steps back, so we, you know, we had all that kind of in place, but we just didn't know what we were going to do. You know, uh, launching like with our concept for the the company, we really wanted to make new things, and and in our mind at that time, that meant you know telling new stories or creating our own brands that felt like other other stories and other brands. You know, but to launch the company and to do the Kickstarter with with a story that had never. That people weren't aware of or like trying to get people on board with like a, a brand or a property that, that, uh, they had never seen before seems super difficult, you know, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of brainstorming and, you know, we, we knew we wanted to, you know, fall in a certain era and that kind of, like in 79, that's very, like the height of sword and sorcery and, and Dungeons and Dragons and all the, satanic panic that was going on across the U.S. with all that, you know, with Masters of the Universe and all that stuff, you know. So as we were brainstorming through that, I think I saw Sandy Peterson's um Cthulhu Wars Kickstarter because it was just like this it just juggernaut, like million-dollar Kickstarter that was going on. And it really blew my mind that, like, I – I knew that there were Lovecraft fans out there, and I knew that were people there were people into Cthulhu, but I was like, "Wow, I, you know, I, I've I didn't know that there were that many Cthulhu fans out there." You know what I mean? Like it was something that I was always kind of into, and and uh, had read a few of the stories and experienced it through um, role playing games, but uh, you know, I, I didn't know just like what that what what kind of um I, I had no clue that there were so many people that were so dedicated and so into that mythology, you know, and uh so then you know, that's kind of where where I threw it out to the guys like, hey if we did three and three quarter inch you know and did the whole lovecraft universe you know or the lovecraft mythos and did archetypes of those characters and you know uh we 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 created a line based off of his work you know and uh we were just as we did more and more research like i was saying before we were just blown away that no one had ever done that before you know there had been one or two you know there had been like a hero click and there'd been some larger statues and some, and, you know, fi- there had been some figures, but it was usually just a one-off. It wasn't a complete line, you know? So, um, that's where, that's kind of where the idea came up, uh, came and, and then, you know, it was off to the races. We started working with our, you know, the, the artists that were around at that time, you know, we found Ken Kelly and Eddie Musqueda. Ken Kelly did the paintings for all the card artwork and, eddie muscata did the the sculpting um he had worked on at mattel in the 80s and um still was sculpting by hand wasn't doing any sort of digital sculpting at all you oh know? that's and, beautiful i mean that was that was you know that was one of the principles of our company we wanted to we, you know we're, we're <sighs> there's no reason why you can't go back and do that kind of stuff now you know what i mean <laughs> like I, like um Tooling, you know, the tooling has kind of, process has kind of changed in the past 30 years and, you know, there's, there's a few things that have changed, but there's no reason why we can't have the card artwork painted oil on canvas like they used to do, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, there's no reason why we can't hand sculpt these, these toys, you know, it's, uh, and, and, uh, I think the designs that we got with Eddie is, You know, sculpting them by hand and paying all the attention that he did, like it just shows in the figures. It it like makes so much more of a of a difference. It just feels a little more organic and a little you know, a little off, a little like more human qualities to it. You know, human touched where like the toys that we were used to. You know, now they they
1: do they do have a different look to them, a more uh you know this category is all considered retro but the warpo stuff really does have that retro feel whereas and, and don't get me wrong i love the reaction stuff but it's a little uh mechanical it's a little too it's a little too perfect um you know and i i, I dig it but yeah. it it doesn't have like you said that human touch that uh, a, a dude sat down and did this with his hands
0: yeah right and he and he sculpted a left arm and then he sculpted a right, right. arm you know right. he didn't just mirror it over you know in the in a computer program and stuff you know it's like it, you know it's just that uh, what what Reaction's doing is something, you know, kind of totally different from yes. what we're, we're trying to do. You know, they are – they're making a format for, for mass market collectors, you know, and um, um, we are trying to take a more artisanal approach, you know, to the toys that we're making, you know. So uh, we, we spend the time and do that because we – We dork out and nerd out on all those little, you know, all those little flourishes and all those little details on our toys that, you know, um, maybe the mass market people don't care or think is, you know, why would I care about that? You know, I don't know. But we're collectors, so those are the things that are important to us. And I think at the end of the day, it shows. It makes it feel like, you know, when we were going around and doing the first, uh press and interviews you know there we would get comments like oh so how did you get this license or like where did you guys get the original tooling that was done for these <laughs> toys and we'd have to explain no, no no this are this is a this is just meant to look super old you know this is not this is not you know this didn't exist before thank you that like totally uh, ma- made my day but you know that the, there were definitely comments like that and that's that's great that's what we were going for you know we were trying to make people surprised that when they flipped the package over it said 2015 on it you know it's like i, I think just paying attention to those details and not just slapping the retro font onto your onto yeah, your yeah. package or you know doing those things like uh, uh just just give it a different feel and help to evoke this nostalgia for something that wasn't around during the time that you're nostalgic for, you know?
1: Now, how did you guys determine, um, the, the first series, the characters that would be in it, how many different characters there would be, like, how, how do you make those decisions? Cause there's gotta be some financial stuff involved in that. You've got to kind of figure out, you know, one, if you're going to do more than one wave, do you hold certain things back? Like, how did you guys determine those four, four figures in the first wave, right?
0: Right, yeah, the four figures and, and
1: that then was... The, the, and then the big boy.
0: Right, and, <laughs> and the big boy came, you know, that was a stretch goal during our Kickstarter that we didn't hit. And, you know, we were too nervous because this was the first time that we were doing this, you know. We, we were afraid to to stretch ourselves too thin. and yeah. um, uh, But... You know, after, after the Kickstarter was completed and, and we had shipped everything out, we were kind of looking at each other and we're like, man, we have to, what are we waiting for? We should have, have, had this 12 inch sculpted by now. I don't know why we're dragging our feet, you know. So we just produced the 12 inch Cthulhu, um, outside of Kickstarter. And like we were talking about previously, Diamond, you know, was, uh, their, to support us and we had our channels of distribution and everything all set. So we just, we just went and did that. But from the beginning when we were planning out the line, you know, we were making all of our decisions, um, especially with the three and three quarter inch line, just knowing that come on, we're going to have to make like a Kraken sized or a Rancor beast sized Cthulhu, right? That's yeah. going to work with the rest of these figures. So that was something that was always in our mind, you know. And uh, the the going with four figures was, you know, a lot of that was just because of cost and because of uh, minimum order quantities from the factory and tooling costs, you know, of tooling up all these separate parts. It was, you know, I, I would have loved to have done six or eight figures in that line, but you know, just. What we kind of guessed that we could, you know, pre-sell and just the costs and and the tooling and everything. It was, you know, four felt good, felt like a line, you know, yeah, so, and uh, was still within our reach as you know, just three dudes that were starting a toy company. You know, it, it seemed like it was doable. So well, and well, as we- a
1: as a customer, uh, you know, four figures is it's enough to start a line. It's enough to represent a wave. Like I look at that and I think, okay, there, you know, it's not just one of those one-off type of things. Like, oh, there's one character from a thing that's not going to go with anything else. I own. You have four, which is a good start, but it's also not overwhelming where you're like, I really dig this, but I don't want Do Am I really going to pull the trigger on buying eight of these things that are an unknown quantity right now?
0: Right. Like that's a,
1: that's a solid number. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it worked out good. I mean, um, I I, f- I feel like it also um, uh, made the line uh, as a whole stronger. Because who knows? Like, uh, maybe we wouldn't have been able to hold it together if we did a, you know, six figures. Maybe we would have had two stinkers in there. You know right. what I mean? Like, we 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 worked super hard to make sure that this was kind of. We wanted a, a Beatles lineup, you know. We wanted each figure to be able to stand on its own and be super exciting and 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 you know, um, just get you off as a collector. But then, as a group, when you put them all together, it's just it just blows your mind, you know. So um, we spent a ton of time on thinking about what the the color palette was going to be and making sure that each guy kind of had their own base colors. And, you know, just like a lot of nerdy stuff so that they, they felt like, like this whole line that went together and we're, we're, you know, all playing one killer song together and, uh, and then making sure that we had like all the roles kind of accompli- you know, taken care of with having our, our archetype of our hero and, um, you know, having our, our villain, our Darth Vader, you know, character cover and the minions and like, oh, just making sure that like, you know, it, it just looking at the figures, um, kind of told a story all by itself without, without ever having to write anything down, you know, or because that's, that's the stuff that like, yeah, and you kind of alluded to it early on with like star Wars, you know, from, from, from our generation, um like getting a hold of media that that could really give you the details of what you were supposed to be playing was super difficult, you know, so yeah. like those uh, those toys you would create your own stories around them or you would just kind of look at at them and kind of make up your own world behind it and we wanted you know our toys to be able to do a lot of that too, so there's a lot of time and late nights that were spent you know. Drinking and talking about Legend of Cthulhu. <laughs> so the uh,
1: the line, very cool, but it also brought us one of the coolest things I've ever seen on the internet, and that is the commercial for the Legend of Cthulhu line.
0: Yeah, thanks,
1: man. Which Thank you. could not be more pitch perfect, more... And it's so funny because, you know, if you're an adult and you're familiar with the mythology, then the commercial is absolutely disturbing. (laughs) But looking at it through like, you know, eight, nine, ten year old me growing up in the early 80s. I, I totally see that commercial and it would just be a commercial for rad toys. Like it it's it works on both of those levels so well. It's a totally awesome toy commercial, but it's also kind of like a, a funny parody type thing given the subject matter.
0: Right. Yeah, there was there was definitely a point where we had a discussion because we you know with with the way that we wanted Warpo to approach what we did you know we were all about you know trying to do everything the way that you know role playing out the way a toy company would have created all the everything that they would have done around that toy line you know and um there was a point when we were (laughs) we were brainstorming the the script and kind of going over what we were going to be doing where we knew hey this could, this commercial, like you said, it's disturbing and this could go in a, like, like, in a real kind of tongue in cheek direction. You know, do right. we want to try and create something that's like campy and silly and like, you know, that could, that, that could get maybe more, you know, uh, more of a viral approach to this video, you know, and in the end, I think we tried to take it as, you know, a little more serious, you know, and try and, Try and and create the type of commercial that would have happened back then, but I think that was that underlying feeling still kind of came across to people. It was like, wow, that is that's kind of wrong. You know what I mean? Right. and, I, and But I kind of think that's just from looking at it from our viewpoint nowadays, because we, you know, we were so much of that stuff was pointed out. You know what I mean? Like. Like smoking cigarettes in the seventies was not a big deal. Nobody thought that was a problem. But right. That, then you, you know, now we go back and look at it like advertising with people smoking in it. And it's like, oh my gosh, what were they thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, uh, I, I don't think it was a very far leap that, um, a toy company might have like found that, uh, you know, Lovecraft's works and, and, and made a toy line out of it. So we took the more, uh, like, Straightforward approach when we made the the commercial and wanted to just really make something that like that that felt like the commercials that that we still have on our VHS tapes. I was going through some old VHS tapes. Um, I was actually on the Bozo Show. Do you know the Bozo Show? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, the big, you know, Illinois Chicago land. Uh. You you were on the Bozo Show? Yeah, I was did on you, the Bozo Show. Did you Show. toss the ping pong ball into the buckets? I didn't. Dave Bramer got to toss the ping pong ball into the buckets. That's <laughs> called the grand prize game. Oh my the, gosh! Uh, we went with the Bramer family because they had the Bramer family. The 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 mom and dad had had mailed away for tickets you had to you had to 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 mail away for tickets and they you had to write a number of how many that you wanted and this was like right when their kids were just babies and they didn't know how many kids they were gonna have at the time so they 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 signed away for eight you know uh and it took eight years for them to get the tickets to be on the bozo show and finally, they showed up someday. One day, and there was only four in their family, so they invited our family to go. And it was a it was an awesome experience. We I would say that we were a little older, you know, for the that time. Sure, I, I can't remember how old I was. Maybe eleven or something like that. Um, I got to uh, introduce a commercial. Whoa! Let's have a laugh with Daffy Duck. That was my. That was. Oh, my, wow! That was my line, you know, and uh It was great. It was an awesome experience. But I, I got to look at that. um I, I was looking at that VHS like I don't know a year or so ago when we were doing all this stuff and like, you know, that was there was some great commercials that were going on just during that the Bozo show because that was you know their total target audience and oh, yeah. Transformers would play and GI Joe would play during that so. There were um Night Rider big wheel commercials and all those things and just watching it and seeing the tracking, you know, errors and, and yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff just like just
1: Well, that's part of what you guys captured in the commercial was in the eighties with G. I Joe and Sectars and, you know, all the toy lines, they had these commercials with these incredible landscapes for the toys like mountains for cobra to drive through and these big lakes that the kids were playing in and like this amazing scenery that you didn't have in your own yard right and you guys have you know the little rock quarry with the altar and the big pool of water that the giant cthulhu comes up out of like you totally nailed that like that damn it i wish i had that to put my toys in
0: <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> like at the end of that 12 inch commercial we we you know that's we had all those cultists in there because that was one of those things that you would it, it was that aspirational thing As yes kid, you'd, be, you'd be like oh man i would just wish i had 12 more stormtroopers yes, yes you know? exactly <laughs> so you know do doing that kind of stuff was uh was great you know and we we knew that we wanted to um just make those commercials feel as authentic to the era as possible.
1: Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking while I was watching it, was like, damn, I want 50 of those cult guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, we, yeah.
0: It did the job. You're right, it did
1: right. What it was supposed to do. Job well done. So <laughs> that Kickstarter, obviously successful and beyond successful in that you guys have the distribution deal. You guys got the line done. You guys got the 12-inch figure done. Now... Uh, before we get to Krampus, are there further plans, or can you even talk about if there are further plans for Legends of Cthulhu?
0: Yeah, so um, I've definitely made mention, and we're we're gonna be um, we're gonna be making an announcement. Uh, I think a further announcement this week, um, I believe this week. <laughs> but I have definitely in other interviews, and I have I've been telling people that we have committed to Series 2 oh, for uh, Legends of Cthulhu. So that is definitely coming in 2016. We're shooting right now for uh, second or third quarter. Definitely, um, uh, maybe even earlier, because we want to attach another Kickstarter to it. Sure, we're, we're really excited. I mean, we want to... <laughs> It was one of those things that we were kind of dragging our feet on and we we didn't want to do it as our second kickstarter uh for a number of reasons, but also you know we we want to make sure that we put the time into the second series and don't just pump out another set of figures just because people like it you know we want to make it as exciting as it was that time when we made the other figures, so we've got a lot of cool things planned, and we want it you know we want it to um Feel familiar, but totally new at the same time. So we're excited. It'll be, uh, at least another four figures and, um, stay tuned because we'll be making, you know, a small teaser announcement, um, really soon in the next week or so.
1: Well, and I do think that was really smart because the first thought that I had when I saw the Don't Cuddle the Krampus Kickstarter, uh, which our listeners can go to Kickstarter right now and check out, um, First thing I thought was okay Warpo is a brand not just a toy line. Like yeah. you cool. your second Kickstarter immediately establishes you guys are doing more.
0: Yeah, thank you man. Good. I'm glad that came across to you and we've had that kind of comment uh coming from a lot of people and it was it was one of those things that you know kind of going back to everything that I was talking about when we when we when I was talking to Tommy and and we were starting the company, you know, we really saw that concept as a as a platform to make toys, not just make action figures. Right. You know, it's kind of goes into any area where we see that there's collectors and we see that there's. Um, you know they're, they're kind of they don't have anything more to collect you know they want something they want something more you know uh, and and that can be board games that can be plush that could be anything who knows what it what it is anything that we're all so excited and passionate about so um when the idea of Krampus came um we kind of felt like we really had to, to chase it just because we, we knew at some point in time we'd really like to do plush. And just the timing with the holiday season and everything that's going on with the awareness of Krampus at this point in time, um, we just knew that, okay, we, if we don't do it now, it's it's we're going to miss the opportunity and also – just for what it does as you know as letting people know who warpo is and and what we want to do um, it it really just it says a lot it, it tells a lot about who who we are and what our capabilities are and and what we want to 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 make as far as collectibles in the future that it that we're not just an action figure company not that there's anything wrong with that freaking i love action figures you know but we We, we wanna, we really wanna make collectibles, you know, we wanna do every type of format and, and really open people's minds and, and, and and blow them away. You know, we want, we want each one of these lines to kinda feel like they, just like when I was talking about the figures, you know, each one of them to kinda stand on their own and feel exciting and new and fresh. But when you look at it all together, it's like, yeah, that feel it all feels like Warpo, you know, like the Legend of Cthulhu figures can sit there next to the Krampus plush, and and it feels like you know an old Kenner, you know, um, an old Kenner Toy Fair catalog from nineteen eighty four or something.
1: Well, and that's that I think is is going to be, and I, I would never have have thought of this on my own, but I think that's going to be really critical for you guys because it shows that you're not going to stagnate. It shows that you're not going to do, you know, Series 2 is going to be the same figures in different colors. Series (laughs) 3 is going to be the same figures with their heads swapped around. You know what I mean? Like, it shows you guys have vision. You have goals. You're going to do different exciting things. And it makes you – it just makes you more kinetic and more interesting just in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the way – You know being i don't know if it makes us more profitable (laughs) but it definitely makes us you know it, it makes us more of an exciting company that collectors you know will 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 get off on and be you know and they can go on this journey with us you know being coming from you know we're three guys that are designers and 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 collectors at heart those are the we're making this stuff for us just as much as we are for, for products to be sold. So we want it to excite us, you know, there's, there's no way that I'm going to be able to, you know, do interviews late at night and work on toys all day and talk to China in the morning, you know, and do all these things if I'm not loving what we're doing. So that's, it's super important to us. And so, when the idea of Krampus came, you know, um, we we just we had to we had to chase it. We had to go after it. It was it just felt right.
1: So yeah, let's definitely zero in on that. Um, when I now, the first thing immediately anybody our age seeing this is going to think My Pet Monster, which for me there's a bit of a story there because when My Pet Monster first came out, I was a bit old for it. Uh, at least according to my parents and I'd never had one of the originals, but then they reissued them, uh, sometime in the early two thousands. I don't remember when it was.
0: Yeah. 2002, I think.
1: Okay. That, yeah, that sounds about right too. Cause it was before I was married, but it was after like, I was, uh, sort of comfortably able to collect toys again. So yeah. I finally got my, my pet monster that I'd been wanting for, you know, 15, however many years, and I, I, it's, it was awesome. It's such a great toy. It's such a brilliant idea. And I saw this Krampus and I was like, holy cow, they've nailed it again. But little did I know you guys actually have some, some like street cred, my pet monster <laughs> talent working on this thing, which is incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what we're all about is trying to work with the guys the veterans that had that were making the toys and had at that time, you know, so we reached out to Jim Groman who uh, worked at American greetings. Uh, I think he started there in 84 or 85, somewhere right around there. So right at the start of all of those killer brands that, that American greetings was putting out, you know, they did uh, my pet monster. They did mad balls. They did, Care Bears you know they were just a powerhouse of putting out these these just totally original um toy properties that really went beyond just a toy you know and and became these monster um, uh character properties well and art
1: everything yeah. that they did had a very artful aspect like even i'm even thinking now of like my sister's Popples like I right. was always fascinated by those things.
0: Yeah, right, right. It was like they were they were trying to come up with what you know how can we how can we do something new and capture people's attention, you know, and and capture kids' attention. To the, they they were really they were really just innovating at that time and really setting a standard. It was it was awesome. So, you know, Jim was there and worked on on My Pit Monster and, and Mad Balls and. Uh, he is just i cannot say enough like just awesome things about jim groman he was just a uh, a partner in this and uh, like the humblest dude like uh a, a creative uh um companion in this like uh he but he is a, a veteran in the industry and like you were saying, has this amazing street cred. And to work with somebody that, you know, there's absolutely no ego and is willing to go back and forth with us and really appreciated our idea and and just owned the project and and fell in love with it himself, it's – you don't run into a lot of people like that, and you hope that those are the people that you can always work with. So, working with Jim was like the best thing that we could have ever done. So, we uh, we you know Jim we started with Jim right from the very beginning. He he did he he's an uh, an extremely talented illustrator and uh, was drew up all the 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 preliminary concepts, and we went through a lot of different directions and. Like you said, you know, um, it definitely Krampus uh, uh, reminds a lot of people of my pet monster, and I, I think that's because there 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 wasn't a there isn't a lot like my pet monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, we we wanted to 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 make a, a stuffed like plush kind of beast and when, when you think of Krampus it's like what else are you going to really do with that I mean I guess we could have done another line of action figures around it or maybe like a, a 12 inch thing but really he just he needs to be plush you know that's that's it, that, the, the type of character that he is so as we went through and we were looking at things like um, it, you can see on the Kickstarter the all the different um, iterations that we had and the different areas that we explored uh, we really tried to land on one that, that felt like a, a look that we could own, you know, something that was, that really stands apart from my pet monster. And we've got him at a much smaller size. Um, he sits at about 14 inches tall and stands at 18 where like my pet monster was huge, like almost 30 inches tall. He's just, he's really big,
1: but that would be prohibitively expensive. Yeah, I mean, that, really that would expensive. Be
0: and and you know and like i i own i'm looking at my my pet monster now and it's like i move him around all over the place he he sat in a chair in our living room forever because it's like what are you going to do what do i do with this thing you yeah
1: it, yeah and for a modern collector which is kind of who you guys are aiming at space is an issue
0: right yeah exactly exactly uh it, it it's uh, but that thing is I mean, that My Pet monster is so impressive and like the the design of it is so great and that's that's one of the things that I I think that the the character design that Jim brought to this, like, it definitely has that kind of Jim Henson uh Henson creature yeah. kind of feel. Like when you're looking at that My Pet monster too, it reminds you of something that could have been, you know, in Labyrinth or or you know in, um, in 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 an episode of the muppet show it's like those are the type of monsters that like really um, uh, we were trying to to hone in on for the nostalgia. and Jim did like just a phenomenal job coming up with the the, the character designs for that it was, it was awesome it was well, really great
1: and and just like with the legends of cthulhu commercial you guys have hit that tone where from a kid's point of view, this is just a cool looking monster that they want to have and hang around with and, and help find the bad kids. Right. Uh, but from a parent point of view, you know, we have that perspective, uh, the grown up perspective. We know about the Krampus and just how, you know, evil it is. So <laughs> it, it once again straddles those two worlds as being kind of entertaining from both sides of the spectrum.
0: Right yeah and we you know that that was kind of like uh, like some of the decisions that we would make with Legends of Cthulhu that we did with Compass it's like you know we're we're trying to role play what that what that uh big toy manufacturer during that era what they would have done you know they never like with Legends of Cthulhu they they would not have cared about you know the uh, The specifics to what Lovecraft had written, you know they would have just kind of s- s- uh, stamped right over it and made their own changes to whatever they thought would have resonated better with their with their their kid consumers you know and, and made those changes so um that's you know those were those are ty- the type of decisions that we're trying to make too because that's what that w- that's what makes it feel more authentic you know so um as we were kind of going through um brainstorming like what you know we we just had the we just had the the monster you know that was our concept that hey you know maybe a toy company back there then that you know is is aware that Boglins are doing so well and My Pet Monster and, and, and Madballs and all this stuff, maybe they're trying to find, you know, trying to mine for something that they can create that, you know, and, and take a hold of that that is their own monster to compete with this stuff. Uh, so we just had that monster. But once, once we kind of started role-playing it through and saying, like, how would they have tried to, make this okay for parents to buy it, you know. And we started kind of twisting that saying, you know, that actually if you're a good kid, you don't have anything to worry about with Krampus, you know. Like right. he's just out he's just out after the bad kids, you know. So let's let's make those bad kids. Those bad kids are the villains now, you know. Let's and they get to be our garbage pail kid incarnations, you know, that's a kind of our gross out era thing. So Jim did all the illustrations for our cast of 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 naughty kids we, we have headlock harry who's kind of this uh 80s punk bruiser type uh and we have gag me gloria who's your like typical 80s uh, valley girl she looks like straight out of square pegs or something and uh and then we have no it on Ned, who is just stereotypical revenge of the nerds nerd like the nerd <laughs> that we grew up with you know not not today's nerd right know? right the, the
1: nerd who <laughs> no was waiting
0: on this uh, no beard you know yeah, right right he's, the guy that was
1: waiting for you to do something wrong so he could go tell the teacher about it
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah pocket protector and all you know he... so he did a great job of kind of illustrating those out you know and 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 um what you know once we kind of came up with that idea then it felt like a lot a little bit more of this like semi mass market toy that could have existed back then in the 80s so
1: i as I, as i said i don't think i mentioned it since we started but before we started recording i said as soon as i saw this thing i backed it because i i've Gotta have one. We, we need one for the family. Um, but now I've got to sit down now that I'm at home on the desktop and look at the holiday add-ons that you guys have, which is this amazing list of my, my favorite is the book on tape, the storybook, the read along storybook.
0: Yeah. That's great. Right. I mean, that's, uh, yes. I mean, those things that I, I think. Like I had so many of those as a kid, and I think I got probably, you know, ninety percent of them at Christmas time, and probably the other ten percent on a birthday. You know, like those that stuff just feels so Christmas to me. You know, that my parents that that Santa would have brought that, or my parents would have been you know giving me those things. And like like we were saying before, um, that's where I that's where I learned more about you know uh, the Hobbit or you know all of those those books on tapes or more about Empire Strikes back you know I spent more times with those those types of those books and those cassettes than I did watching the movie because the movies you know we didn't they weren't available or the vhs tapes were super expensive you know
1: yeah they i mean these the star wars was like a hundred bucks when it first came out just for one of them just for a new hope right. was like a hundred right. bucks when it came out initially yeah.
0: so so all those like having all of that stuff that's in uh, those add-ons that are in the holiday bazaar that we've got on the site all that stuff is really important because it it, it you know, it makes it feel like this whole experience. You know, it, it helps to bring that nostalgia to this this toy property and, and takes it to we're hoping uh, like another level when people are seeing it and, and experiencing it. You know, making it feel like like they're they're back in that era. Well, and, and it yeah, totally
1: it, it totally does because once again, it you're backing it. You you have it's not because. You know, we didn't just get toys back then of Madballs. We got stickers, we got notebooks, we got, you know, mugs. Everything was licensed, and you guys are presenting that for Krampus. It's the same kind of merchandising support, so it makes it feel even more like a full-fledged product than just a one-off type of thing.
0: Yeah, and, and that's in in Krampus we, we I mean, for don't don't cuddle the Krampus, We we really wanted to kind of take it up up uh, another notch from what we did with Legends of Cthulhu, just because it, that experience resonated so well with everyone. You know, like that as they as they were they watched the commercial and they saw the product line and they scrolled through and saw all the add-ons. It just told this whole entire story where they could visualize this sitting. You know, on the pegs next to all their favorite toys back in that time. So that's it's it's all about creating the experience for Warpo, and um, I'm I'm glad that you you really are digging all those add-ons because we've spent a lot of time kind of thinking through and trying to figure out what we're going to have how about that cereal box oh it's dude it's perfect
1: because what (laughs) what you've got because back in the day you you know you go to Lionel play world toys or us whatever and you see the actual toy and then your mom drags you off to like the hallmark store and you'd see the stickers (laughs) of the toy or you'd be in kroger and they'd have the activity book like you guys really have a full line of licensed merchandise here. Like this feels like a product launch. It's, it's really impressive.
0: Yeah. Well, that's you know, that's what we do. And we've, we've done it for, for other companies and the, you know, now's the time for us to just totally geek out and do it for ourselves. So of course, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try and do it as much as possible and exciting we want all that stuff too man so (laughs) we're gonna make it happen
1: well awesome uh i think we've pretty much covered everything uh before we wrap it up uh where can we find warpo online where can we find you online and any last words about the don't cuddle the Krampus" kickstarter
0: so um you can get a hold of of us at warpo.com super simple warpo and uh, also find us at uh, on facebook and twitter warpo toys and uh, the kickstarter campaign it's you know if you go to warpo.com that we've got a kickstarter tab there on the home site we've got a banner on the home site so you're you're definitely going to find um, our kickstarter campaign through warpo.com uh we're super excited for you know we've got a lot of a lot of announcements and and cool things planned for um, the Kickstarter campaign. So keep an eye out there and, um, and 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 on our Facebook page for for new announcements and and things that we'll be revealing throughout the the course of the campaign. And um, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it, man. I could talk about toys for days. So this has been great.
1: Sounds yeah. Fun. Uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on, Brian. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about uh, every I'm actually still waiting on my Legends of Cthulhu stuff. I ordered them through previews because I came in a little late on the Kickstarter. So I'm waiting for those guys to show up. But uh, uh, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, maybe we'll uh, come back on sometime and we'll just talk about toys in general.
0: Any time anytime i'm I'm here for you, so thanks for your support we we totally appreciate it Absolutely. and thanks to all the warpers out there and all of their support too we appreciate we appreciate all of it you know it's it's great we, every every everything that that people have done for us we we're, we're trying to 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 give back and and make you know make awesome things that we're hoping you know uh, make you smile and re- remember your past.
1: Well, it's working so far, man. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much.
1: Remember to rate the Needless Things podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Share it with your friends. Maybe not with your family. It may not be appropriate for grandma or the kids. But please help us out. Spread the word. And I guess ratings help on the places. Uh, and also visit NeedlessThingsSite.com where you can find the Needless Things podcast as well as five days a week worth of interesting, unique, and original articles from myself and the rest of the Needless Things Irregulars we have all kinds of cool stuff not just toys uh pop culture we just had a big article on ronda rousey and her uh the the impact of her loss which is a little unusual for the site but you know what anything goes and if you guys have ideas join the needless things podcast group on facebook And shoot me an email, phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. I want to hear from you guys. I want your suggestions. I want your ideas. Uh, I want to know what you think about the show. If you're doing a thing... Please let me know. You are welcome to come on the show. I've got a lot of exciting stuff lined up for the rest of the year. It's going to be good times. And then, of course, the very first podcast of 2016 will be myself and Mr. Bo Brown looking back on Masters of the Universe Classics in 2015. Uh, I'm also looking at doing some kind of best of show, but uh, that might be better just written on the site. I don't know. We'll see. And again, let me know what you guys think. I'm trying to think what else I've got Surely there's something else worth mentioning Oh, the DC Icons action figures I picked up Deadman and Batman I'm in the process of reviewing them now So far, they're amazing Uh, Well done DC collectibles I am impressed And I'd still like to have one of you guys on the show Everyone else, I love you guys
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network Your station for all things geek Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.